Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Nation, and welcome back here to the Five Yard Rush Nation show. Back to back weeks we've been out this week, Murphy. Feels very bizarre, but good to be back again. Yeah, it does, mate. It's always good to uh, to spin it over you. We're getting to the business end of the season now, and. We are. It's the point now where I really feel like 2023 season kicks into gear. So, like um, 28 teams, fan bases like ours. You know, last Monday we were still in the, we were still in the hunt. You know, we were. Yep. You know, there were nine teams left. Now there's four. Um, so, you know, we're at this stage now where we get to look forward. Many teams get to look forward. There's been a ton of news this week. Lots of hiring. Uh, lots of firing. You and I celebrate a firing this week. Of <laughs> fire and left. I never celebrate a firing, but yeah. Uh, in this case, I think you can. But <laughs> in, I mean, listen, I wanted him to get the Jags job because then we wouldn't have had to have fired him. But yep. yeah, I think, I think in this instance, you can definitely feel good about him leaving. Um, but I think, look, at the end of the day, it's, it's a great time. And, uh, you know, I've just started writing my first article of the year doing a dynasty rookie mock draft and looking at oh, new players and it brings that excitement i'm excited for what we've got next over the next couple of weeks and i'm not wishing that away but i'm excited for what's going to happen for for 2023 as well awesome and and the nfl in general had some big news in london this week for the nfl uk teams announced so this year london bills titans and jags are going to be represented as the home teams yes we should probably talk <laughs> about the Jags first because there's quite a bit of confusion around this and if you are a Wembley season ticket holder like I am, I think you are as well. I am not, no, but you can no longer renew, is what I believe is the case. You can't renew, yeah. <laughs> so the Jags have taken full control of the tickets and you have to okay. register via Jags UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll no longer have a because it's basically a separate agreement to the like it's an NFL London game, but it's 
almost like not an official NFL London game. Choosing to do it rather than right. being it's made to as the others are now. Yeah. You, if you sign up to it, you can get loads of promotional information about Fulham Football Club as well, which I know many people are excited to hear about with their new Riverside stand and all that. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. Um, this and I, you know, there's people hoping or debating that the Tottenham. And we have no news on this yet. That Tottenham season tickets are going to be stopped, and there's no confirmation of that yet. And I hope that's not the case. It's easy me for too. me to say I'm a season ticket holder, but me too. <laughs> yeah, but at the same token, you've kind of, I can kind of understand the Jags one because yep. we all got season tickets at Wembley because the games were at Wembley, and now it's the Jags every year. I can understand the moving it so more Jags fans get tickets. I, 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 yeah. I'm not saying I love it, but I understand it. I do get it, and I'm like, okay, fine. Which is the Jags' purpose. Whereas yeah, the others are mandated crazy. NFL games. <clears throat> yeah, and, and they're trying to build something, the Jags, right? They, they, they're really going for them being the London team. And you have to respect that. And I don't have a problem with it. But I think with the with the Tottenham situation, I don't think you can change that. I, I just don't think you can. I think that would be cruel yep. to the fans <clears throat> who got tickets and have supported. And, and there was a whole mess to begin with where... Wembley season ticket holders were promised yeah, they'd get first. season tickets to Tottenham and that didn't happen and there's been a lot of mess ups on the way and I don't want the NFL UK to continually make the wrong choice so I think you've got to honour the season tickets, you've got to keep it maybe if the people like cancel them don't re- like don't open them up to anybody else just have more tickets for general sale phase out basically Basically, yeah. If people want to keep and keep them, and if yeah. people don't, and if people don't renew, they don't renew. Like whatever, I mean, whatever. Like fine. I don't we mind the number. Made a trip to Germany this year where tickets were a free for all. There wasn't a season ticket option in Munich being the first game, and I have to say, buying tickets for that game was probably one of the most horrendous experiences I've ever been through for a ticketing system. Right? How many people do we know? That were that were going for tickets in that gang. Like how many people we 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 knew we had 14, 15, oh, I couldn't, I was laid up in hospital and I felt bad about it, but that doesn't sound like it would have made any difference. But like 14, 15 people we knew all actively working together for hopes that one or two of us would get tickets. And we got zip. And we got not even so much that we got zip, it wasn't even close. No, it wasn't. No. It wasn't it no. wasn't like, oh, we were slightly unfortunate. We were in the last. 50,000 people, we just sort of ran out of luck. It was, we weren't even in the top 300,000 people. And you're sitting there like, we followed the rules. And it was an absolute farce. And they all went, they all went on ticket sites because they didn't put the capture uh, ID on. Yeah, they didn't they didn't reboot the queue. Yeah. Tickets and, and the bots and the, it's yeah. ludicrous. And like, which is what going away from season tickets may well promote here, which I guess we all want to avoid. Empty seats and tickets being sold at an extortionate price. Yeah, I just that's exactly I've, it because it's a hot commodity. I've There's had season no tickets, need. I've had games I can't go to. I sell them to other NFL fans for the same price. Exactly. Face value, the same. Go and enjoy the experience. I got a friend of mine who's a Jags fan, and I've sold him my Jags tickets for the last however many years, three, four years, yeah. because he's now no longer a Jags fan. Yeah, but I'm not interested in going to watch like, yeah. if I'm gonna go to games. This sounds yep. this sounds petty, and I'm not trying to make it sound privileged or petty at all. I've got nothing against the Jags, 
But for me to give up since, since you know, my son and, and yeah. family and, and Arsenal and all the other things to do, for me to give up, to say to my wife, I'm going to four NFL games in five weeks or however many games there are, that just doesn't really wash. And it's not also no. something I, I, I'd love to do if I was single, if I was 20-odd, but it's just not really feasible in my life to do that. Yeah. And right. so the Jags ones are really easy for me to just pass to my mate every year because... Well, you won't be able to now. Well, no, I won't. I told him today. I said, you've got to go register, I, you know. But and, and I'll register. And if I if I do think that's the best game, that's the one I will go to. I've got, like I said, I'd go and watch the Jags. But it's just, you know, there was the Bucks in 2019. There was other uh, Packers this year. You know, there were other games that just excited me a little bit more. Yeah. And that, yeah, again, that's not against Jags fans. I'm not trying to sit here and be, oh, the Jags are. I mean, they're not. They're in, they, God, they made the divisional round of the championship this year. They got one of the best young quarterbacks in the in the league and, and they've got a coach who knows what he's doing. Like They're an exciting team to watch. They're a hot ticket this year. They, they will be. You look yeah. at those teams, I'd rather go watch the Jags than the Titans right now. Yeah, agreed. No, who wouldn't? Who, who wouldn't want to watch the Jags over the Titans? So I just think, yeah, I think... Um, it makes sense for that move. But yeah, like I said, I got a mate who's a Jack fan and I, I gave him tickets and I'm the same as you. I, I give my tickets away at face value. I don't make a penny off them because there's no point. It's not, it's not, it's not what this is about. It's about selling you, making sure real fans go. And we worked together to, you know, you had your tickets to Tottenham, I had my tickets to Tottenham. We ended up sitting together. You sold your tickets. You bought one of mine. She and then around. Jack bought one. And we all sat together at Tottenham. And then, you know... That's the way half it goes. Half, like, I lost half of it. Yeah, you, yeah, you've gone <laughs> missing for you. Basically, missed all the Giants' points. Um, but no, it was, yeah, uh, it's it's exciting the build. I think having Josh Allen here is going to be amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, if someone said to me, "You can only go to one game next year," that's the game I'm going to. Like, yeah. the Bills game would be the one I go to. I don't mind who they play. Really, I just want to see Josh Allen in the flesh. He's one of my favorite players. I've said that. Since day dot in the league, it's one of my favourite players. I'd quite happily go and root him uh, and root for him against anyone that isn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to to see him if if we still get our season tickets and we can still go. But yeah, and I, I really hope that the people at the people at Tottenham listen to what happened in Germany from yep. the positive side, the atmosphere. The music, the the way that the crowd were generated, the keeping people in the stadium that little bit after the game, not rushing everyone out. I hope they take some of those lessons on board. Um, making the beer more affordable. Sending it in litres like, helps as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does help a lot. And it was not as often. Was, I just, I still can't get over in Germany out the cheap the food and the drink was in the stadium yeah for 10 euros you're getting a, a, an over pint bottle you know over pint I beer mean, and, a, and, a, and a hot dog not, yeah. not a cheap hot dog you're getting a really good sausage like proper german bratwurst yeah <clears throat> so it's, it's exciting times so, for the, on that the segue NFL. is it there's the chiefs and the patriots in germany so anybody that is thinking about it every experience is different i guess but it's up there in my top two nfl experiences in person going to Germany to watch the Bucks play this year. Um, so if you get the opportunity, I'd thoroughly recommend it. Couldn't agree more. And I would say if you're a fan of the Chiefs and the and the Patriots and you are genuinely interested in going, join your 
UK club, make sure they've got an affiliation to the main uh, club uh, and make sure that they've got the ability to potentially get tickets. That's how Dan and I went with the Bucks UK and we have to give them a massive credit and shout out for sorting us out and a lot of people out tickets and the experience was, was terrific. And I know the Chiefs, they have a great supporters club in particular here in the UK. Yep. Um, and I strongly urge you to, if you're a Chiefs fan and you want to go, or you even just semi interested, do you know, what, even if you're not interested, even if you just want to meet other Chiefs fans, yeah, why not? Don't cost yeah. a lot to do every year. Go to meetups, go meet people. It's a wonderful experience. And um, Patriots, I don't, I don't know what the Patriots membership is like. At least I've talked to some of the guys at the um, at the Chiefs one, Arrowhead. Uh, I'll look. I'll look up the details. I'll share it on my Twitter. Arrowhead abroad. Um, and there's some really good folks. I've, I've spoken to a few. Yeah, I think it might be Arrowhead, Arrowhead abroad. abroad. On Twitter, I know. Yeah. Yeah. There's, well, there's a few. There's a few. Um, a few fans. I'm trying to think of the actual name of the club. But there's a good, um, really good club that the Chiefs do, and we had them on for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, they were they were top notch. So um, Patriots one, I don't know, but go find it. Um, yeah. Or I'll try and dig it out and uh, hopefully we can find out for you. But go sign up for clubs. And if even if it's not about tickets, any team, just go and find your, your UK club. Join it. Join the forums. Get involved with the chats. Make some friends. This is what it's about. Awesome. Fine. So back to NFL then. Divisional round is in the bag. Where should we start? Jags, Chiefs? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I... I mean, obviously, this is dominated by the Mahomes ankle injury, and it, it's, it looks like we've got on the screen at the bottom here that he's going to be playing, yeah, on, on Sunday. And I think that that put a different complexion on this game. I think I don't think anyone's shocked. I don't think anyone's surprised by anything that happened in in this game. Um, the only thing I would say is I think the Jags handled themselves with class. Yeah. Like I just thought that the way they came on, the way they came on the field, the way they took to the challenge, they didn't quit. They pushed the game right to the end. I know they didn't win the game. It's easy to say, right? But they, they pushed it. They didn't gift this to the Chiefs. They, they're not as good as the Chiefs. I don't think it. I don't think that's unfair to say. They picked number one in the draft this year. But I thought Trevor Lawrence handled himself. <clears throat> it was a good game. It was a fair game. And the one thing I'll say about Trevor Lawrence, I thought what he did at the end of the game was absolute class, was first one off the field. He waited at the entrance of the tunnel and he clapped off and applauded all of his teammates, yeah. which is a leader of an organisation, I think, is an incredible gesture and an incredible thing, and especially when you're, what is he, 23, 24 years old? Yeah. No, the maturity yeah. to do something like that. I absolutely in class. In the face of and disappointment that, as well, because he must be hurting himself. In the face of disappointment, um, yeah. Well, I, I think we said it last week, right? They were free rolling. I don't think... Yeah. Obviously, you're disappointed to lose that game, but I don't think you're shocked. I don't think you're walking away from there thinking like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe we've lost that game. I think it was it was a fair result, and the, the Chiefs kind of all always had it in control to to a degree. But I yeah, respect the Jags; they phenomenal end of season to win in the the wild card round, and then to to push the Chiefs all the way, really. Um, they're going to be a good team next year. You know, I look at them now and think they've got to be favourites for the AFC South. Got to be. They've got to be favourites for the AFC South. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about the Titans and maybe if they get the QB situation sorted with all the other positions they've got, they could they could challenge them. But yeah, I think I think the Jack, like I said, I think they become a hot ticket in in London. But yeah, good good performance from both teams. 
again, I don't think it was a shock, but uh, it's just now about Mahomes. This has got a this has got a sounding of Super Bowl Fifty Five about it, where Mahomes has been injured and he's playing hurt, and then it's all about the teams that he plays now. Can they take the same? advantage that the Buccaneers did in Super Bowl 55 and basically exploit that injury. That's that's yeah. what's going to have to happen now for, for them yeah. not to win it. So what about you? That, huh? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I thought the Jags wouldn't win, but I thought they would make a game of it and that transpired to be that way. I just think the Jags are a step short at the minute on the those elite teams up there. Um, obviously, yeah. the trouble to my homes didn't help the Chiefs. I think it might have been a little bit more comfortable, but the Jags can only play what's in front of them and deal with that situation. So, hey, I think they'll take great high of getting there in the first place, great high out of the way they performed when they were there, and they'll build on that. Um, and as you say, quarterback set, receiving call, it's pretty decent at the minute. Um, head coach is now in there and, and settled, and they'll move forward as an organisation, I believe now. Um, yeah. I, I make them favourites to win the AFC South. Um, depending on what their schedule looks like, I haven't done any depth into it, but obviously winning the division is probably going to make it a little bit tougher than mm. it has been. But um, no, they're on the right track for the first time in a couple of years, at least. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. They, de- they definitely are. And um, this is this is different to 2017 when they made the AFC Championship game. That, that always felt like a fluke. Like, yeah. I was built on a great D and... I mean, listen, they, they could have, should have gone to the Super Bowl. They got a bit unfortunate with a call there mm-hmm. against the Patriots and and that call pretty much changed the course of the game. But it felt it never felt like they were ever going to go back and do it again. It never it never felt like the start of something. This this feels more like the start of something than it does the it does. This was a one this was a one year fluke. It doesn't feel like that. It just feels like this team clicked and it got better and it got better. Very similar to the Bengals last year. Only the Bengals were, were better um, yeah. and had a little bit more about them. But then they're back this year, the Bengals. And I, I think that the Jags could be on that similar trajectory to, to where the Bengals were. And I think we'll see what happens. But Doug Peterson's done a fine job. And yeah. it, was, it was definitely, I, I, I would say of all the games, this was the best game of the weekend. This was the one that I think held my interest the most. It had it the most stories. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like whilst the game was never really in the balance, it also never felt like it was an impossibility that it was completely over. Yeah, somebody to step up, take that game for the Jags and and make a turnover, get a pick six. They could have found their momentum shift in their favour and it didn't quite Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So after that was the Giants at the Eagles. Now, this was the one I said could potentially be an upset being a divisional game, man, it wasn't to be. It looks like the Giants burned themselves out and get in there in the first place. And they were found out. By yeah, so I, I, I made the decision to go to bed, right, before this game. And I, I don't sleep through the night. So I said to myself, I will, I'll wake up at some point and I'll see what the, I'll see what the score is. And then depending on what the score is, I'll, Decide if I'm going to turn it on, and it was 28 nothing at half time. I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm not going to bother turning this game on, and I'll watch it on Game Pass in 40." And this was this was just put. Uh, you got to praise Brian the ball. You got to, you got to praise the coaching staff, and to get the Giants here is an incredible feat. 
Yeah. It's like the Jags. It's, it's just the Jags of the other side. What they put together with this roster, with wide receivers they're signing off the street, is is <clears> nothing <throat> short of remarkable. But in this game, they got it completely wrong, and they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run at all. You had, you know, Kenny Gainwell went for well, 110, 112 yards. Miles Sanders went for 90. So, you know, that's got a rushing touchdown. I mean, this game was over at halftime and both teams sort of petered out. And it wasn't it wasn't a good game. It, it looks like on paper it's a statement win for the for the Eagles. And you think you I, I didn't walk away from this thinking, oh, well, the Eagles are the team to beat in this playoffs. I just walked away thinking the Giants were just pretty poor. And, it, and they just they ran out of steam. And looking at the injuries and the players they got, it's not a big surprise. Mm-hmm. But the Giants looked like a defeated team before they walked in. Like, they didn't look like they were ever going to compete in this game. And that's not to take anything away from the Eagles. They did a very professional, very thorough job. Yeah, But I'm not walking away from this game thinking, oh, the Eagles are going to walk the Super Bowl. Well, they're going to walk next week against the 49ers. They didn't walk away with them with any real conviction that they were going to be the best team left in this competition. I just walked away thinking... They, they did a good job and it was very professional and it got very easy. And the advantage they'll have is they didn't have to play as hard. So some of those players would have got a nice <clears throat> bit of rest and not having to play at 100% intensity and yeah. and no injuries. And that was kind of the key thing in this game. But yeah, disappointing when you get games like this in a divisional round. You don't want to see blowouts. You want to see It content. felt like what the Bucks done to the Eagles last year at the same time. Yeah. And, and well, it wasn't because that was the wild card, yeah, and the Eagles yeah. were the seventh seed. So you kind of right. went; it was the two versus the seven seed, and you're like, yeah. "Yeah, what are we doing here? Like, why are we having seven seeds in if it's a thirty to nothing shutout with with two minutes to go in the third quarter?" And it, That's it's how like it felt, watching it. It was like they've been here before, just on the other end of it. <laughs> you just don't expect a divisional round blow unless one team is absolutely first class exceptional. Yeah, where. They just absolutely turn up and smash it. And again, I'm not saying that the Eagles weren't good. I'm, this this isn't me saying, oh, the Eagles were terrible. They weren't. They were very good, but they were very professional. But they weren't. I don't think an Eagles fan is going to sit here and tell me that they were in first gear, that that's the best they're going to play. Yeah. I think if they if they really wanted to go out there and put 50 points on the Giants, they could have done no. it quite easily. It was, a nice, it was a nice warm-up for them coming back off a bye. Hurts coming back off injury. It was just the game they wanted. Finished. It was just it was what all, they it, wanted. It was like a nice, a nice day out. Yep. A nice was, day out in the sun with a scrimmage. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what it felt like. And it's disappointing when you get to that stage and, and you have that sort of game. And they're not going to have that game again. So, I mean, listen, they get, they get to host the NFC Championship game. They're going to have the weather on their side. It's going to be very cold. Um, But having said that, I'm not... I don't have this feeling that they that they are the finished article. I think they've been the most professional. I think they've had the most uh, incredible defensive performance I've I've seen from defensive linemen. I mean, how many of them have got multiple like ten sack seasons? Three, four of them. It's yeah. it's absolutely nuts. Like what they've done on that defensive line. But I still think they'd be beaten. I still I, I still look at them and think I don't think they're the best team in this, despite their record. So that brings us to Sunday, back to the AFC. And I guess what was a really emotionally charged game with the events of a few weeks ago and the Bengals at the Bills. Um, DeMar Hamlin amazingly was was in the stadium for it, which is fantastic. We had a snow yeah. playoff game. 
and two of the best teams probably in the NFL, let alone just the AFC at this minute in time. Um, but I guess the snow and the pitch and the slipperiness just kind of affected it a little bit from being the spectacle we all hoped it would be. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm a little surprised with how this game turned out. And I, I think for me, I felt very comfortable picking three of these games prior to the weekend. Yep. I think <clears throat> I think we walked away picking the Chiefs, the Eagles. and we won't, We'll talk about the, the next game in yep. a minute. I think we felt very comfortable picking the three winners of those games. I don't. I don't think it was a remote shot. This was the pick 'em for me. I think you know yeah, this was yeah, the yeah. one where you could make a case either side. And this game was settled on the ground. It's really, really simple. You know, you yeah. talk about the quarterback performance and Burrow did play. He outplayed Allen. But but let's get this straight. You know, Joe Mixon. You know, he rushed for a hundred yards and a TD. You know, the best that the, that the Bills got was Josh Allen rushed for twenty six yards. Well, I saw a thing that David said. I mean, for me, defensively. The Bills gave up 85 yards before contact to runners, which is the yeah. most they've given up all year. And they were the best on the same stat through the season. Going into is, the season. Yeah. Which and you, is crazy. you just have to sit there and say, what, why has that happened? What What is the reason? What happened? Did they not think that the Bengals were going to run the football? Because in this condition, it, look, it looked obvious gonna, that, that was, they're going to be there. There was a lot of the time it seemed that way, and there's a lot of mention on the commentary at the time that, you know, they're a hurry-to-the-ball linebacker core, right? Mm. But with the slippery conditions underfoot, it's hard to transition body weight from one direction to another and so on, and that delayed it. So that probably factored in, you know, a running back going at full pelt and you've got to shift body weight on a slippery surface. It's probably three yards further along before you get there. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure that factored in somewhat, but both teams had that. They just didn't seem to adjust to it a little bit. I just think it's it's a shame. And, and I'm not blaming the snow or the weather, but I'd have liked to have seen I'd have liked to have seen the Bills get this. Yeah. And and I don't think they did. And I think last season's playoff loss, you can't fault them. They lose on a coin toss. Yep. You can't you yep. can't fault how they went out to the Chiefs last year. But now Josh Allen and this coaching staff are going to get tagged with this question. Are they winners? Are they actually going to get over the hump here and make a championship game and make that's, a Super Bowl? That's the Bills or organization as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Or is this is this the Bills of the 90s where they yeah. late 80s and the 90s where they make four super I mean, at least that that franchise made four Super Bowls. I know they didn't win any of them. And you mentioned a big word there, and we've mentioned it before. We talked about quarterbacks that are winners. And we've said Allen is, Mahomes is, Brady was, and at the time. We put Burrow in the it's-yet-to-be-seen type bracket, I believe. Yeah. Burrow showed me the weekend he is a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He uh, was uh, one I was sceptical on, and he showed me he can go into Buffalo in the snow in a 50-50 game, let's face it, um, and not just lead his team to victory. He can actually take control of the game um, and shut that down. So, dominated. Yep. Dominated. I felt like he, he, was, he, was, he had everything to be a winner. Won the national title in college, yeah. taking his team to the Super Bowl in his second season. I felt like he had all the traits and all the potential. But I think, yeah, I think to go to the Bills in that condition, in that weather, and to do the job that he did and lead his team the way that they did. Yeah, I think you have to say that Joe Burrow is 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 a winning quarterback. And and listen, let's get it right now. They're going to the Bill, they're going to the Chiefs here in the AFC title game. Yep. This is a pick 'em. 
This isn't. This isn't. Well, come on to where we're going. We'll come on to predictions, but this yeah. is a pick 'em, and that's because of Joe Burrow. Joe yeah. Burrow here now has made this a real conversation yeah. that perhaps four weeks ago, three weeks ago, six weeks ago, a year ago, we wouldn't be talking about it in those terms. Fine. And then to round out the weekend, I haven't seen well any of this one except the score, so you'll have to lead this one. Cowboys at Niners. Yeah, I, there's not really not a lot to say on this game. It wasn't it wasn't a brilliant it game. Didn't seem it didn't what I thought it was going to be. Look at the score. No, uh, I mean, look, you have to say first of all, it's an incredible defensive performance from both teams. Both teams, I yeah. think, played to their strengths. It was an incredible um, performance. The Niners were restricted to field goals. Robbie Gold kicked them all, um, and then you've got Brett Mayer missing an extra point again. So he's missed. How many oh, kicks in the I see him. He was, he was trend, trending at one stage, but I didn't know why. Yeah, I guess he it was trended because yeah, he missed. He missed an extra point. Was it now his they first signed one? The kicking week. Yeah. So you're sitting oh. there thinking. I mean, he made two field goals. Yeah. Wow. If you have the game that he had in against the Bucks, I know they won the game, but you can't be playing him. His mind's not going to be right, and that's a questionable decision. Do I think the extra point? Changes the game? No, probably not. But I think, you know, he made his kicks afterwards and credit to him for coming back and doing that. Which is but, a strong mentality, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, the difference in this game, and we talked about this last week, Brock Purdy doesn't have to win the game. He just has to not lose the game. And his line is 19 for 29, 214 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He doesn't cost them the game. He didn't make no. any rash decisions. He didn't make any poor throws. He just That is a Jimmy G stat line <laughs> from a playoff game. <clears throat> yep. the, reason, the reason this result is the way it is is because Dak Prescott turned the ball over twice. The yep. Cowboys actually tweeted on their main account. I mean, it's still there as well. <clears throat> it's still there on their main yep. account, holding Dak Prescott responsible for the defeat. Yep. <clears throat> In this Do you Jerry and Jones has sole control of their Dallas Cowboys Twitter himself? I mean, listen, he's right, or whoever wrote that is right. You can't <laughs> yeah. do that, but they are right. The sole reason, and we talked about this with Dak Prescott in the preview to the Bucks game. Yes, okay, he played very well against the Bucs, and, and they were the much better team. And this isn't sour grapes because the, the Cowboys advanced over the Buccaneers. I don't think it was a shock that the Cowboys, we both thought the Bucs would win because... We didn't really believe that Dak Prescott was really the guy. And once again, he's proven he's not the guy. He's not a winner for me. He's no. and I, I just don't see this path where Dak Prescott is going vibes, to win right? the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I don't think it's entirely his fault. You know, he's got one receiver, really, and C.D. Lamb. You know, Tony Pollard fractures his fibula in this game. Yeah, I mentioned that, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the situation for him and why that has additional ramifications to the normal recovery but ultimately this this game was was won by won and lost by the quarterbacks Christian McCaffrey wasn't really that good in this game he okay. sounds like he's dealing with some form of calf strain or calf injury yep. yeah um but they controlled the game they controlled the game here the 49ers they just it never even at not it, we went into the fourth quarter at nine nine it, 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 it but it never felt like there was anything to worry about. The 49ers dominated the time of possession. Um, I just felt like they always had those 
Even though if a team was going to go up a gear, it was always going to be the Niners. Yeah, you always felt like they were going to win the game. And in the fourth quarter, it was a very good fourth quarter. It was probably the best quarter of play of all the games. Yeah, just go watch fourth quarter, really, because it was a very, very good fourth quarter. But ultimately, the 49ers just, they didn't turn the ball over. They just got it done and they knew how to win. That's the difference. Kyle Shanahan has been here before. He knew how to deal with that situation. I thought he coached a brilliant game in, in that fourth quarter um, and did a brilliant job. And and that, that for me, was the difference. I, just, I don't believe in Mike McCarthy. I don't really believe in Dak Prescott. Honestly, Dak, Dak Prescott's a bad player. I don't I don't think that. But, but let's be honest. If Dan Quinn is not the coach of that D, they're not where they are. They're right. the stars of this. And Dan Quinn won't be next year. No, he sounds like he should get another job. He did a great job in Atlanta for me. He got them yeah. to a Super Bowl. It all went in a bit yeah. of a rut. They got in salary cap situation. I don't think that's entirely his fault. And I think he, no. he ran his course. I think, you know, you have a shelf life as a coach, barring Bill Pelichek and the ongoing osmosis of his development of, as being the best coach of all time. But I think every coach has a life cycle in, in a job. And I think they he expired his and got done for it, basically. But yeah, I, I think the Cowboys have got talent. I think they've got a good roster. I just think <clears throat> I don't know why we wouldn't turn it over to Kellen Moore. Why not? If, if, you, if he is That's as good as you think he now. is, if he's as good as you think he is, Mike McCarthy, it's Mike McCarthy's dining out on a Super Bowl from 12, 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 years ago, they won. Because Aaron Rodgers pulled out some unbelievable plays. That's it. Yeah. I, I'm not giving Mike McCarthy much credit for that Super Bowl. And again, people will sit here and say, what are you saying? It's all over there. X amount of games, 19, 20 games. I don't care. I've never rated Mike McCarthy as a coach. I think he's a very cookie-cutter coach. He does the bare minimum. to, And he, he does okay. Like, he's fine. He'll win your games. He'll win your division titles. He's not a winner. I don't think he... He, he doesn't inspire me with that. If he was my... My franchise's head coach, I'd be bored very quickly at his yeah. lack of enthusiasm and a lack of enjoyment of what he does. It just, it just annoys me. I just, um, but yeah, I, look, it's, I still think, you know, and we'll get onto the games. I think the 49ers are a force and wouldn't shock me if they go on all the way. No, fair. So, championship week next week. Um, two big games, but. One I think we'd have predicted before the season. One I probably wouldn't. So we'll start with the NFC. So the Niners travel from San Francisco across west to east to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, how do you see that playing out? Well, let's start with saying that these two teams are head and shoulders above everybody else in the conference. Correct. Right. The the three seed down, then it didn't stand a chance. These two were always going to be in the NFC title game. Barring, and the only person that was going to stop this was Tom Brady going on some miracle run. He, for me, was the only person that was going to dis- that was going to stop this. And I never felt that was likely, but I did feel that he, because of who he is and his enigma and his ability to just pull something out of a hat, you couldn't entirely rule it out. But I think if you look at most people's playoff brackets that aren't fans of the teams that are in the playoffs. Eagles 49ers would have been the heavy majority favourite. So I, I think where we are is, is, as you say, is what yep. we expected. You've got two very good Ds. 
you would naturally yeah. give the advantage to the Eagles here because you've got Jalen Hurts versus Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. Who's still not lost I'm not so sure that's enough of an advantage for me. I'm just me not. Either. I have big question marks about Jalen Hurts. I think he's had a phenomenal season. I think he's far exceeded the expectations of myself, the media, his coaching staff, his mum, everybody on Twitter. I don't think anyone, Eagles fans, I don't think anyone expected him to be as good as he has been. But I'm still not convinced that he can take the game on his back when it's close and, and be the, we've seen him be a difference maker in the fourth quarter but that's when he's not turned up for the first three quarters and he's chasing a game and he's made miracle wins happen out of situations that shouldn't have been possible because he's created chaos. I think it's very different when you're a team that's losing, expected to lose, and you create the chaos to win. I think it's very different when you're trying to win the game from in front and you have the composure and the poise to see out a clock, to manage a long drive, to really just wind down and destroy the other D and really just take control, just really strangle the game out. And that's why I don't think the Eagles win this game. I just think that whilst they're the more talented roster, probably on both sides of the ball, I just think that with the coaching, the intelligence of the I think it's the intelligence of the 49ers players. Brock Purdy's not going to make mistakes in this game. That offensive line is as good as any in football. He doesn't have to worry about getting hit that many times. So he knows he can get rid of the football. If Christian McCaffrey is more healthy and he's fit, we know he's going to cause damage in, in that mm-hmm. in that team. They've still got Eliza Mitchell, who's back, who looked very good in, against the 49, against the Cowboys. They've got Debo Samuel. They've got playmakers. I, I just think that the path to victory for the Eagles is they have to go ahead early, go ahead big and really just suck the life out of the 49ers. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think if this game will be close, I think it will be a very close game. I think it will finish within seven points. Mm-hmm. But I just think that now, that being there before, dealing with the expectation that Kyle Shanahan and a lot of these 49 players have, have, have had, I just give them the edge because I just think they've been here, they've done it before. They know how to win. And they know how to win a lot of different ways. They can blitz you by going ahead 40 points, 35 points quickly. They can blitz you with the run. They can blitz you with decent tools in the passing game. But they can win ugly. And they won ugly on Sunday. I have yet to really see the Eagles win properly ugly in a dogfight. And I think that's where I give the advantage to the four because I can see different ways in which they can win the game. The Eagles, for me, their path is very similar to how the Cowboys beat the Bucks. Go ahead early, manage the game clock and continue to punish them with points. Yeah. And they can do that. Don't get me wrong, the Eagles, and I'm not ruling the Eagles out here. If they won, I'm, I'm not really shocked. I just, for me, if I had to pick a winner, and I will, I'll pick the 49ers because I think they've got they've got those different tools to win the game and they've got the experience, you know, that that Eagles offense, there's not that many veterans, older players who have been there, done that. Um, I don't mean as many, if any holdovers from the 2017 team and people can correct me. I know on the defensive side of the ball, there absolutely is. You've got Super Bowl winners all over the shop there. So I'm not, I'm not slating them. I'm just saying on the offensive side of the ball, it's very young. 
That's not a bad thing, but I do think it it does mean I'd go with the experience and go with the 49ers. Fair. I think Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm with you on that. Um, I just think the players, they have have big game ability. Um, yeah with McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and those guys. So, um, and yeah, I just think they've got the ability to to pick a team up and carry it through. So, um, I'd, I'd go the Niners to win that one. Uh, and then that brings us to the AFC. We spoke a bit about it earlier, but the Bengals travelled to Kansas City um, to face a potentially beat up Mahomes and the Chiefs. What a game this is. I'm glad this game is, uh, although this is the later game, which is a bit annoying. But what a game. Um, I think whatever outcome, whether it's Bills Chiefs or Bengals Chiefs, we're always guaranteed a good game here. And this is this is gonna be I mean, it's the rematch of last year's AFC title game. Yeah. You know, this was this was last year's game, and the Bengals pulled off some unbelievable defensive performances in this game. You know, they turned over Mahomes. Was it either side of the half or two two before the half? Or, right yeah, you know, and they ran one back, and you know, they they their D really stepped up and put in an incredible performance. Mahomes being beat up, it's they're going to play down how beat up he is. Of course they are, but I do think I don't, I can't call this game. I genuinely can't because it's got that one piece of information: is how healthy is Mahomes? I think if Mahomes is healthy, the Chiefs are favourites. They're the I ones don't see how he can be at 100. Well, and that's it. That it's how much trouble we saw him at times with an with an. I think the the concern I have with him isn't just the fact it's an ankle injury. It's we've been here before. He's had an ankle injury before. If it's the same ankle, it, it's not going to be as comfortable as it was the last time. We all yeah. we've all redone injuries. <sighs> It's a t- I think this is a really tough game. I, and I can see either team winning it. The Bengals have got a great offense. The, the question mark in this team, or the, the, I'll tell you where this game's going to be won. This game's going to be won on D. Whose D is going to be better in this game? I would say over recent weeks, the Bengals have had the stronger D. Look at what they did. Oh, granted, it's a snow game, but look what they did to the, the Bills. One of the best offenses yeah. in the NFL. Look what they've done to other teams in the run-up to winning this game or to getting to this game and winning their division. I think the Chiefs D's been good. I think they've got arguably the standout individuals for someone like Nick Bolton, for example, I think is probably the best defensive player in this game. Frank Clark. I think there's a few uh, 
outstanding defensive talents, but are they the stronger unit? I don't know. That's where this game will be won. It's it's which D plays to its potential better because we both know they're great offenses. So it's who, who's going to make? And it's going to be a game of fine margins. I think this game will be close. It's going to be an exciting game. Um, nothing shocks me if this is a low score, like a not a low scoring, but in the twenties to. It, it could be in the twenties. They could both be in the thirties. I don't think one team's going to run away with it. Um, but both teams have been here before. Both teams have made a Super Bowl in the last couple of years. They both know how to win. Joe Burrow knows how to win. Yeah, I think... Uh, <coughs> Get off that fence, then. <coughs> if I had to put my neck on the line, I'd still lean the Chiefs. Okay. <coughs> but I, I, I'm literally 51-49. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I literally... I could be swayed either way by one piece of news. If one player's missing, I could flip the other side. I really am, like, that close. But I, I won't sit on the fence. I'll, I'll go Chiefs, but I am 51-49% Chiefs. Like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. genuinely, like... Could go either. I could go back and forward on this all week. I really think it's close. I'm you? going Bengals. Okay. I actually think they use the confidence rolling over the Bills, and I think they go into Kansas, and I think Holmes can't be 100%. It's not possible. So even operating at 80%, I think the teams are that closely matched that an 80% Mahomes is the difference maker in the game. That 20% sways it for me. Um, if he can't get out of the pocket, if he can't roll out, if he can't make those scrambles, he does. Um, and the way we saw the Bengals D-line putting pressure on Allen this weekend, um, Mahomes isn't going to fancy that. So I'm going to go that the Bengals can go in there and, and beat them. Okay. I think they're a... I, at the minute, yeah, I, I feel can't. they're a team riding the confidence. <clears throat> I, I, can't, I can't argue against that. There's, there's no, you're not going to get an argument from me. I, I can understand it. And the, uh, we're just blessed. We're in a, an era in the NFL where we have competitive games of this nature at this level of the season and at this stage of the season. And I, I cannot wait to watch that game. I think it's, for me, I would almost say that game is going to be better than the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. The calibre of the players and the calibre of the teams in it. I think they that game will be better that as a watching spectacle will be a better game yeah. than the Super Fair. So let's move on. We're a fantasy show. We're having a we did a little bit last week. Early season look ahead. Far too early season look ahead. Let's putting our toes into the water. <clears throat> and let's have a look at the running backs. There was a lot of free agents in the running back markets this year. Uh, um to name a few Barkley Jacobs, Rashad Penny, Devonta Foreman, Jamal Williams, Raheem Mostert, Miles Sanders, Jared McKinnon, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Jeff Wilson, Damian Harris, Alex Mattinson, Tony Pollard, blessing with a broken leg is not ideal, uh, and James Robinson. And that's without any cut candidates that are out there as well on top of that. So um, it's going to be a bit of shake-up, right? <clears throat> Everyone's talking about teams that are QB needy or in the market for a QB. There's a lot of running backs going to be changing sides as well here. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I've put a list of of some of them here. It's cut off Robinson in the end. I'm out of characters, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> we see James Rob, this Robinson. But yeah, I've put them here on the bottom if you're watching on the on the video here. A lot of these are very good running backs. You've got the Russian champion, uh, Josh Jacobs, 
David Montgomery, who's yeah. not everyone's cup of tea, but I actually think is a very solid player. Alexander Matteson, is he finally going to get the chance to to lead a backfield? Um, you know, Richard Penn performing. Barkley's going to be a touchdowns this year. <clears throat> yeah, Miles Sanders, um, Jake McKinnon's been proven to be a useful weapon time and time again. Yeah. Most there's a lot of players here who can go in and do a job and do it very well, and it really puts the situation. And the position in a bit of flux. And I think there's going to be some knock-on effects here. Because I think teams are going to sign these players. They're all going to end up in different locations. Some, I think, will stay or get franchise tagged. I don't think you can franchise tag Saquon Barkley. I think you have to agree a deal. It's, it's, it's going to be too much money. But they've paid him so much because they drafted him so high anyway for the position. But I can't see many of these running backs getting franchise tagged. Because for the value you get at the position... It's not worth it. It's not worth franchise tagging Josh Jacobs. Again, let's, let's not forget, the, we talked about this with Daniel Jones last week. The Raiders declined Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. Yeah. <clears throat> what a massive own goal here yeah. by not signing him to that fifth. And I get it's an expensive him. year, but it, it's cheaper than tagging him, and it's cheaper than obviously losing him to free agency and not replacing him. Yeah, But this has a knockdown effect to the NFL draft class that's coming in. It's a lot of very good running backs in this draft class. I definitely think the running back class could potentially be as, as good as the, the receiver class. I'm still really kind of getting my head around it, but there's some good backs in this class. I think it's better than the last couple of the classes that we've seen. We're going to see some running backs go in the first round of this NFL draft. Um, that's absolutely not in question. You're going to see at least one. I think you could see as many as three, depending on how teams are and feel and shape up. Mm -hmm. But um, you're going to see one. You're going to see one go top 10, top 15 in this NFL draft. So it, a lot of this will be if the reason why it might only be one and not three is because of all these players. You can sign a David Montgomery or you can sign as another player who didn't get a fifth-year option signed. Josh mm -hmm. Jacobs. You might sign those players over going into the draft. <clears throat> so it's an interesting one. This is going to take a while to sort out. It also wouldn't shock me that some of these players are still on free agency in April or May because of the quantity yeah. of there's a lot of much of a muchness here. There's a lot of very solid, not spectacular running backs, but yeah. are going to do you a good job. And I think as a result, they're all going to tank their own value. As a result, I think it's a really bad year to be a running back free agent because unless you're exceptional, you're going to struggle to get really good money. You're going to struggle to get more yeah. than two, three million. Because, well, if you're not going to take two or three million, I'll go and sign Deonta Foreman or yeah. I'll sign Jamal Williams or I'll sign, you know, Jerry McKinnon. Mm -hmm. Because one of these guys will take the money. Because there's not enough jobs for all of these people. All these right. people benefiting from multiple injuries and, and things like that. Tony Pollard is probably the biggest shame, as we said. Injury, he's going to be out for four months. So he can't sign in free agency because he can't pass the medical. So he's already going to be late on the carousel. Yep. Could the Cowboys do something random and tag him? I think that's the one tag I could probably see because it's the sort of thing Jerry Jones will do. But... Would you do that when you're already paying Zeke so much money? I don't really get it. Can't see it myself. Can't see it. Yeah. It works. It works what they do. It's, it's a good part of their offense. You probably yeah. don't want to break that up. 
you got maybe one or two more runs with that roster. But he's injured. Yeah, but it's a, it. it's a big, <clears> Go get Rashad Penny instead and do it with yeah. Penny and Zeke. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Tony Pollard is, is just the way that he has that role is very different to most of these players. Um and he fits that system perfectly. You don't have to you don't have to coach him in that way. Great. I don't know. I think it's a difficult one. The the interesting ones for me on this list, David Montgomery, David Harris. Uh, Alexander Matterson, did someone actually take the plunge and give him a, a proper job? Um, Saquon, you know, what, what's Jamal Williams's market after this year? He must be I loving life is. right now. I mean, there's Miles Sanders, really good year, Miles Sanders. I think there's a few candidates here that can do quite well in free agency. And to make predictions as to where all these are going to line up, there's no point. We're so early into this process. It's going to be very, very difficult, but I think it's going to be really, really fascinating free agency season because we've never seen this much of a stacked free agency class, at least as far as I can remember. So I'm excited for it. Agree. So in that basis, then, who are your sort of top five running backs going into this year and where are you looking at drafting them? I think I think we talked about Christian McCaffrey, right? We talked about him last we week. I think we've both said <clears throat> yep. that he is... I, I've got oh, about 102. Man. You've got about 101. I can't, you know, you could argue the toss either way. Fine, whatever. But I think yeah. he's he's solid at the top of the tree in this class. I think you could literally go Christian McCaffrey, draw a line. He's in a tier yeah. of his own. Right. I, I, I think you're going to get any debates there. I think next you've got to look at the, the play. And again, if, if it's standard, this is a different conversation. Yeah. Let's assume right. most people play PPR, half of PPR. I'm going Austin Eckler next. I yep. just think he is a class between the safest slash the most appealing upside. Because of his heavy usage. That's receiving all. ability. Yeah. And I think that's – I think the fact that he's got such a safe floor slash such a high ceiling, it's a great combination. So I, I would take I would take him next um, pretty comfortably and probably wouldn't have yep, to think twice. Now this is where it gets interesting because do you go with the likes of, you know, experience, someone like Derek Henry, who's done it time and time again? Do you go with, but doesn't yeah. really catch the ball? I, I don't think so. And by the way, if you ask me where I take Eckler, I'll take him around the 105. It's about okay. where I've got him. So I'm looking at, I, I think people like Najee Harris could bounce back. Um, but I, I probably think the next running back for me off the board is probably Taylor. Yeah, he's probably the next one I would take uh, with some reluctance and risk. But he'd be round about the one one oh eight for me, one seven, one oh eight, one oh nine. Kind of sees how the board falls, but he's in that range, that one oh seven or one oh nine for me. Mm-hmm. And then the last back I would take in the first round would probably be Brees Hall. Yep. I'm going to shock one here and go. Uh, I think Brees Hall, we saw he Brees was dominating. Hall makes my five, but he's at five, not four. Right. I've got him at four because of what he did in that short stint with the team he's yep. on. They're going to bring in a new quarterback. They're going to be better on offense. They can't be worse on offense, really. I think he's going to. I think he's going to have a great opportunity to dominate. And I so agree I agree him- without the injury. He'd be at four for me, maybe even three yeah. without the injury. I'd probably had a Taylor. Um, but but I think the, the time he had five. the injury. <laughs> I think because he had it when he did, he'd be back. Yep. Whereas I think yeah. it was later 
I'm not so sure. Yep. So then the fifth is it's a real toss-up between Henry and Harris for me. And I would probably oh, just go on the side of Henry just because he's done it so often. And I don't think those wheels are quite ready to fall off. And I think one thing with Henry is he'll deliver you game-winning weeks and he'll deliver you consistent performance. And I think he will be there and he will play more often than he won't. Um, Najee Harris, similar, doesn't miss that many games, although he did have this list Frankie played through. That offense yeah. will get better. I, I think I kind of tossed the two of them. The players, and, and we'll get to the players I'm out on, but that, that's kind of where I am. And I could chop and change every week on Harris and, and Henry. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I am. Mine comes with a little asterisk. <clears throat> so oh. my five is Saquon Barkley. And the asterisk is it depends where he's playing. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's why I can't put him up there. Because I don't know where he's playing. Yeah, I get that. Yep. If, if you tell me tomorrow that he goes and plays, I don't know, he gets a massive contract and he goes and plays for the if he goes and plays for like the the Cowboys or the Eagles, then yeah, I'm in. I'll, I'll sign up. I'll I'll take that. But I just don't know. And that's it. I think I, I can this is where I'd caveat and say I could change and go Barkley, but not right now. Not as the landscape is. Yeah. But I get that. Fair enough. So who's so, your five? Uh, McCaffrey, Eichler, Taylor, Barkley, Reeshall. Okay. So we're not that far apart. We are, we always say we're very, so we've not written this down, folks. We, Dan, I didn't share nope. mine with Dan. Dan didn't share me his. So it shows you that we are very similar in how we Honorable think. Honorable mentions yeah. to Nick Chubb, I think, and Najee Harris yeah. for me. Yeah. I just I can't get excited. Draft Nick Chubb. Sorry. It just just do the it consistency. But yeah. But it's the lack of if it's the lack of superstarness of it. It's Correct. he's just consistently above average. And he just gets Correct. worse through the season. Fine. So he's fine. I'm not knocking him, but it, it doesn't he's not a league. He, he can't he can't he's not gonna win you a league. He's gonna finish RB somewhere between RB twelve and RB fifteen every year. Good luck to him. Because he'll miss games and yeah, steady points though, which from a vulnerable position at the minute. I mean, he was RB6. Shit. Yeah. Well, it's probably the most unspectacular RB6 season <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Yeah. So flip that. Who are you avoiding? Oh, the right uh, I mean, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift this year is yep. going to continually go too high. Yep. Someone's going to fall in love with Javante Williams. He's going to go ahead to high. Javante Swift's coming off boards at the minute. According to sleepers, RB5. No, yeah, no. See you later. Sorry. Sorry. Even in, even in Dynasty, I'm out. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> Javante Williams is, a, is an RB20 for me. That's where I, that's where I'm about I have him. So, I'm probably He's avoiding still coming off RB8 it, in redraft. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <see you> <laughs> I'm out. Yep. He's ahead of Nick Chubb. Saquon Barkley. See you later. Zeke. Yeah. Etienne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not having that either. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, those, those two, those two instantly for me, DeAndre Swift and DeAndre Swift and, and Javonta Williams for me, instant. The, um, they won't be on any of my teams. Yeah, they won't on any of my teams this year. No. They, won't on, they won't be on any of my teams this year. They're not going to be on any of my teams the year after. It's just not going to happen. They're just not 
they're consistently overdrafted and, and consistently underperform. <laughs> uh, I'm Fine. sorry, but uh, and, you know, people said the same thing about Josh Jacobs. So Josh Jacobs felt if Josh Jacobs was not a second round pick this year, he was a fourth round pick. He was always yeah. going to outperform that. I, I wrote, I went back and found a column I wrote for Fantasy Pros saying he was an absolute Josh Jacobs, ADP currently, according to Sleeper, on a redraft league is RB21. Oh, right. Snap that. I don't. I don't even need to see where he lands. Is <laughs> don't even need to see where he lands. I'll take him now as a free agent. I'm taking him there. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, jeez, who put him there? So the other running back, I would swerve. This is an interesting oh. one. I don't. It's hard because so many are in free agency. So, and it yeah. depends on the part. I think James is going to go too high. I don't. If James Cook is going in the fourth round, I'm out. If James Cook's going in the fifth round, I'm probably still out. Um, or I tell you who I might in redraft. Bijan Robinson is going to be drafted in the first or second round of drafts. Yeah, and I'm out. Yeah, yep. I'm out. No, I, I just I, unless he lands in the perfect situation, you're you're just gambling. And it might win you a league, yeah. but I, I play percentages, and I don't think it will. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be out if he if his his ADP Bijan Robinson. I'm going to make a really stupid before he's even landed anywhere, before he's even been drafted in the NFL, before he's even done his combine and posted any times. I tell you now, his ADP is going to be somewhere around about one point eight eight. If you think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire we should have him was at, currently as the RB2. He was the 112 in his rookie season in redraft. He was the 112. He was nowhere near as good as Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is going to be minimum at the 1.08. He could even make the top five. He's going to be in the minute is two sticks, to put that in perspective. Yeah, it's just going to go up and up and up. He could yeah. land anywhere. Like he, the the only way that Bijan Robinson's ADP will go down is if he lands on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's it. Or he lands with Jonathan Taylor at the Colts. Yeah. I don't think there's many other or I think any other situation he probably rides it out. Or Christian McCaffrey in the 49ers. It's yeah. probably the only situations he'll go down. I think it had 29 other teams it climbs. So yeah. I think Bijan Robinson. I think I have to be out on Bijan Robinson. I don't think I can gamble a first round pick on him. I might do it in one league for fun, yeah. but I don't think we're doing it that often. You? Fair enough. What about Aaron Kamara? Aaron Kamara, I've mentioned previously, is somebody I'm probably not going to have a whole lot of this year um, with the unknown around the court case. And also, even factoring that out, I said before, the usage of him with the uncertainty of quarterback and Taysom Hill taking some of the red zone carries. And um, yeah, I was disappointed by Aaron Kamara this year. And I think I'm probably about to wash my hand him. Um, in that regard. Other than that, I'm pretty open. Um, Dalvin Cook's probably going to be number one. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, it depends what they do with Madison there. I don't, I don't know. I'm just having a look. No, see, I'm, I'm this year and I'm thinking, uh, we've spoke before about our Dominant is a couple of running backs or two in the first three picks or something like that. Kind of 
hero or lead back situation. And I'm looking at the lead guys and I'm looking down the list and going, okay, well, you can still get Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Kenneth Walker, around eight to 10 currently. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll climb. They'll climb. They're, they're not I know, sticking there. I know. And the numbers are so skewed. I get that. I get that. But the, but if you still get them in round five, I still think that's good value for any of those players. Yeah. I me think it's, it's when those yeah, it's when that tier goes into the fours, round four, round three, is where you have to start thinking. I have to I have to walk away. Round five and below, I think that tier is is an, I mean, I'm probably a bit lower on Algier, yep. but I think yeah, I, I I think you could mix it with them. I think you're right. I think there's less security at the top end of the draft, which is why I think Bijan yep. Robinson's just going to absolutely. His ADP is going to go up like a rocket because people are excited for the shiny new toy. Last year, yeah, and I, th- I think it'll be interesting. I-, I think Dalvin Cook's probably another player. Who's- he's never one I really draft anyway, so a bit boring me coming here every year with the same answers. But every year they, do- every year, every year these players don't deliver. This is why don't Javante Williams, you know, Dalvin Cook. DeAndre Swift, they don't deliver. Cam Akers, don't deliver. They just don't. They don't deliver. At, at no point have these players delivered consistently over a season for me to get interested. David Cook had one good year and he got cropped in your championship and you lost when you had him. So, yeah, just, I think stick with your gut, yeah. do what you're doing. Draft less of them this year or draft more later and less earlier. That might be the strategy. Yeah, I think I'm seeing a shift in my mentality looking at it as the landscape currently stands. How about yourself? <clears throat> yeah, 100%. I think for me, it's I'd, I'd take... Uh, I think I'm, I'm more likely to go wide receiver round one. If I can get a premium, I'm going to take a premium player there. Someone like Justin Jefferson, uh, AJ Brown, those players are going to... Jamar Chase, those, those players are going to win you. They're going to anchor you to a championship. And then if you're lucky to anchor one of those yeah. with a Josh Allen... I think you're looking even better. I, I, I'm yeah. almost at the situation where unless it's a premium running back available, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, even Jonathan Taylor, I think yeah, I'm probably If I'm not getting one of them two, I'm, I'm probably one. quite happy to, to run my, to run my, to run my lot. And I'll take a lot of later guys and wait for one or two of them to emerge. Um, I think that's that's got to be one of the that's got to be one of the situations you're in. I think you've got to look at the round three, round four guys. There's always players that come out of there and do really well. Josh Jacobs, yeah, yeah. David Montgomery. There's always Yenna uh, Fournette a couple of years ago. There's always players in no that third, fourth round sprinkle that do well. Um, not RB one overall, but RB five, RB six. Brees Hall was in that range for a good part last year. He got good value in the few games he was there. I think um, I think I'd be quite happy to start wide receiver Josh Allen, wide receiver running back. Obviously, it depends where you're drafting and where the value is. But if I walked away with a draft like that and I got like Jefferson, Allen, someone like Godwin, depending on the situation, or maybe someone even maybe better than Godwin, and then I got someone like. 
Josh Jacobs. Oh, I don't know. I'd be quite happy with that. I think. I think I'd look at that team and think, yeah, yeah. I feel all right. I feel all right. I think Josh Jacobs is going to put in a an RB eight kind of year. <coughs> I'm going to have the wide receiver one, and <coughs> QB one, and I'm going to have I'm going to have a decent wide receiver two. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel good about my chances of doing well with that with that front four. Yeah. The same way I feel good getting Jefferson or go the other end. You take Kelsey. And then maybe someone like Hill or Waddle. Yeah. And then you get Mahomes or Hurts. And then you get a running back. I'd feel pretty good at that situation. I think either end of the scale, I think you can feel pretty good as long as you take the the anchor at the position. I think if you can walk away with either the elite wide receiver, and there's probably three of them or four of them, and then you take the or the elite tight end. With an elite QB, you get one of the premium three, and that that three is Allen Mahomes yeah. Hurts. They're the elite three right now, and then you get yourself a second wide receiver, and you get yourself a good, slightly underrated running back like like a Jacobs, like whoever else might fall into that tier. Uh, Etienne, you mentioned, is probably in that tier right now. Yeah, I feel pretty good as Etienne as my as my running back. Yeah, me too. yeah, yeah me too. I'd, be, I'd be good about it. He's putting an RB eight, RB ten season. Yeah, that that'll do me. I do me. I'll be all right with that. It wouldn't bother me. So yeah, I think that's my thinking at the moment. Yours? Cool. Yeah, as I said just now, like I've always been running back heavy, or at least a hero running back. But I'm looking at it, and I'm sort of thinking I can't justify it. even outside of being Eckler for me. I think that next group of almost five to eight players are much of a muchness. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think Henry could deliver, small Cook could deliver, but Harris could deliver, Mick Kamara could, Chuck's consistent, Barkley, depending where he goes. Rather than pick the one and hope that one performs, I'll wait till we get the one that's left. And yeah. chances are I ain't going to be a lot of difference in it. No, so, I agree. I think, I think you're right. I think, There'll be a decent sized tier there. And, and I always say, don't worry about grabbing the person at the top of the tier. Just grab someone in the tier. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, if we end up with a, an ETN Jacobs backward, Miles Sanders potentially, I'm not going to be that. And then you're looking at RB2s to pick up at that stage. Pierce, Kenneth Walker maybe. You know, I don't think that's a bad little line up there from mid-round running backs to come out. No, nah, not at all. Not at all, my friend. I think I think it's I think it's a good chat and we're gonna have a lot more. No, I think I think we're gonna chat a lot more as we get through and we start seeing these players and we start to see where they fall and we start to get a better understanding yeah. of team needs and free agency and the draft and we start to see boards coming to life a little bit and we start to see what happens. Right. So yeah, no, I can't. I think it's gonna. It's an exciting time, and it's good to get into it. Um, as I mentioned, I'm doing a dynasty uh, mock draft for fantasy pros that'll be out later on in the week. You can uh, go on the fantasy pros and, and read that. It's about finished. You can see why it's a one QB rookie mock draft. See, so you can see do I take a rookie in the first round or not? Where do I take him if I do? Uh, Is it one QB league? You say. It's a one QB mock, yeah. It's not real league. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, I might. Well, we'll see. You'll read it. You'll see. Okay. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Other than the be join the Patreon. I dropped the quarterback situational review yep. this week. Uh, running back review is going to go up hopefully tomorrow, if not be Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, so if you like this conversation on running backs, there'll be an even bigger deep dive with a bit more data and stuff going into it. So look forward to that. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all doing it going on in our world right now. Awesome. So thanks everyone for sticking with us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Don't forget, as always, keep rushing. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 